Planning a trip to one of the great national parks? L.L. Bean went to the experts at the National Park Foundation to get the inside scoop on which parks are the best to visit in each season. Whether you're looking for outstanding scenery, smaller crowds, or unique activities, L.L. Bean, be an outsider. To check out the full list of recommendations, visit llbean.com explore. Welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod, and we're here after Michigan State's 70-52 loss to Notre Dame in South Bend today in the... I guess the finale for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, the the last year of it, and uh, good riddance, I guess, if, if this is how it's going to look. Michigan State played a quite a gauntlet of games at non-conference, uh, but eight games, I guess one was easy against Northern Arizona, and the rest were very challenging, where they had just came back from the West Coast in Portland, a very late game on Sunday night, and the West Coast getting back to East Lansing Monday, I'm guessing probably 4 a.m., and, and uh, then traveling down to South Bend for this Wednesday night game. So it was a it was before the season we looked at it and said, you know, if they go four and four, not terrible. We'd be probably fairly, you know, happy with that. Maybe not happy, but satisfied. And five and three, not what you hope. But if you look back, the last four games they've been without Hall and Aikens. And so it's been uh, pretty impressive in some ways to look at that who they've played. Almost beat Gonzaga by one on the aircraft carrier. Great, you know, um, highlight game for the season, college basketball season. Then you have the the uh, defeat of Kentucky in overtime, a uh, double overtime in the Champions Classic, and then uh, getting two out of three out in Portland. Um, so overall, not a terrible showing. And again, with the, it certainly looked like tonight, Michigan State just looked like they didn't have legs. Uh, everyone outside of Joey Hauser looked really tired. You have, I mean, guys in Notre Dame who have no business beating people, beat us down the court on fast breaks, you know, running out running us down to, for transition that, uh, that, baskets that's... and stuff. Put put everything else aside, and there were tons of other examples of it. But when is the last time you saw not just a team beat Michigan State down the floor like that, but a team that doesn't really run? <laughs> yeah, I know. Because Notre Dame doesn't, believe it or not. You might be surprised by that if you watch the game, but they don't. They clearly, Mike Bray is not a dumb guy. I mean, I think he's a decent coach. I don't think he's a great coach, but he, a decent coach is certainly good enough to recognize what, frankly, if I'm, if I'm down, I'm not really that down about this game, believe it or not. Uh, I was far more upset about Portland and Oregon than I yeah. was this one. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I am kind of upset at ourselves in this one because we really should have emphasized the, the strong possibility that this would be what's called a scheduling loss. And I think Mike Bray understood that that was likely. And certainly when he saw the way Michigan state was moving or rather not moving, um, he would see that. And so he had guys leaking out and took advantage of it. MSU kind of shut that off in the second half, but I think they got beat three times in the first half by my count. I'd, if I cared, I would go back and confirm that, but I don't. So 
we're going to go with my anecdotal impression. Yeah, the scheduling loss, you know, um, it, it's just it's just that simple. Um, I uh, I think Michigan State had dead legs. And I, I also think that, you know, and this is the part that people don't, um, I think, fully appreciate. And, and, and I can't even say even playing sports in in my lifetime. I've never been through an experience like they've been through. I've never been through travel like that. Or, and, and I think that it it also impacts you mentally. And Michigan State looked completely out of it mentally as well. They just weren't recognizing anything. And, you know, Notre Dame runs good offense. I, I, I would that's Mike Bray's strength. That's always been his team's strength. But come on. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was just that was a team that looked like it just didn't have anything physically or mentally. And so when that happens, you know, you're going to get that and then put it together with the fact that we did get this part right. Um, we talked about Notre Dame as a shooting team and said, hey, they're only kind of middling good so far, but that's because two proven shooters have been horrible. Well, we mentioned it's always possible that they find it because these guys have done it in the past. Yeah. Well, enter Cormac Ryan came in shooting, I think, 22% from three. He was six for seven tonight and had a perfect night going until he missed his last one with like a minute to play. Um, so, you know, you put those two things together that Notre Dame, frankly, a team that hadn't played a good game yet this season, even though they have only lost one, they've played tomato cans and they barely managed to win most of those games. And then they lost their last one to St. Bonaventure by double digits. They hadn't played well yet this season. This I'm sure was a game that Mike Bray had them clearly ready for. I thought, you know, Notre Dame, quite frankly, the last thing I think of in connection with Notre Dame basketball is physicality. Yeah. But I thought they were very physical tonight, which tells me that Mike Bray really had them amped up for this one. You know, this is, this is the simple fact. I mean, if you're a Michigan state fan, sometimes you lose sight of this because you have the myopia of only paying a lot of attention to Michigan state, but Michigan state has a target for a program like Notre Dame, you know, they are a target. They're a big name program. And if you can beat them, that means something, you know, and, and I think it looked like all of those things. It looked like an amped up Notre Dame who hadn't been playing well at all, who, you know, finally decided to play well and um, a Michigan state team that just had no response. And that part of it, I, I just, I can't get that exercised about, you know, yeah, they just they just didn't have it. And you just kind of chalk it up and and they'll probably be a night or two in the Big Ten. I haven't gotten into the teeth of Big Ten scheduling yet, but usually during the course of the season, there are one or two nights like this where you're playing your third game in seven days, something like that. And it happens to be in West Lafayette. Well, you're going to get we've seen that before, right? You see it every year. You're going to get your doors blown off usually. Um you know, and then on top of all that, add in that MSU is still down two guys. You just, and I, you know, I don't want to spend a lifetime here making excuses, but just understand what happened here. And I think what you said at the outset, keeping things in perspective, is the is very much 
my mode of thought with this. They're five and three, which at the start of the season, I would have taken in a heartbeat, even if they had been at full strength. The fact that they've played the last half of those games down two of their top six, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with where they are. You know, the important thing is get those guys healthy, just uh, uh, something to give people a little bit of optimism. Um, you did see that Jaden Aikens dressed tonight. He did not play, which was consistent with what I'd heard. I was actually told this afternoon he was out um, from someone who would know. Yeah. And then they dressed him. He went through warmups, but clearly they didn't play him. And there, God knows that for the first five minutes, there was no reason <laughs> to play him. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is I, I this is call this an educated guess. Um, I think it's highly likely he will play against Northwestern. Yeah. So expect, expect to see that. So at least they're getting one guy back and I'm telling you, <laughs> especially tonight, but really you can even look at the games in Portland, the difference for as much difference as having Jaden Akins and Malik call makes on offense. It makes a ton of difference defensively. You will see a team that looks very different on that end when those two guys are back. So they'll get Jaden back likely this weekend. Um, probably have to get through. They will have to get through that game, the Penn State game, and maybe one more non-conference game. And then I think there's a reasonably, as long as nothing gets derailed, pretty good chance that after that you have Malik call back. Yeah. You know? And so that's when you can start really getting exercised about how they're playing to, to a serious extent, you know, when they've got their full deck of cards back. Yeah. And it was hard to, it was hard to understand out there, or I guess to recognize what, what the problem was on offense, if it was just dead legs, if it was, I think Notre Dame was playing pretty good defense. They were definitely denying Michigan state, the three opportunities here. Here's the thing. It, it looked that way. I agree. Notre Dame was staying in front of people. Notre Dame's a terrible defensive program. They're terrible this year. They're terrible essentially always. They are <laughs> they are a very reasonable facsimile for Fran McCaffrey's Iowa. That's who they've been. They're usually pretty damn good offensively. They usually can't guard anybody. And that's been the case so far this year, too. Nothing's different. To my eyes, Michigan State did not have the requisite energy to run their stuff. Yeah. I mean, they just weren't moving. Tyson Walker squaring up on Dane Goodwin? Come on. <laughs> a, a, a straight Tyson Walker is going to dust that kid. Yeah, He couldn't do it tonight. And that's, I, I'm sorry, I have to conclude. Now that's, you know, you want to call that making excuses, fine. I know what I see. And I, I just think, again, to me, that goes back to tired legs. The fact that so many shots were short, they weren't converting even shots at the rim that you would expect them to convert. It's all the stuff you expect to see when you're exhausted, except, and I haven't looked at, the, I don't know if you have the box score. I, in do, front of you. Right I don't. Now, yeah. The, what were the turnover numbers from SU? They weren't huge, right? So Michigan state. So Notre Dame had six turnovers. Michigan state had eight Hogard with three, yeah. Walker with two, and then Sissoko, uh, Kohler, and that's a team that's the turnover. only thing yeah. that you normally expect to show up when a team is exhausted that didn't that they didn't they didn't toss the ball around. 
Um, they had a few early, but they settled in and, and you didn't see many of them. And again, it helps Notre Dame doesn't ball hawk or really yeah, yeah, pressure sure. you. But yeah, I give Notre Dame credit, I guess. But a, a rested and normal Michigan, I don't even say with Aikens and Hall, the team that Michigan State had in Portland yeah, normally would would have much more offensive success against Notre Dame. I mean, I'd venture a guess 98 times out of a hundred <laughs> if they were, if yeah. seriously, it's that, I mean, people can come at me if they want, but I know what Notre Dame is and I know what Michigan state is. And tonight you had tired legs, tired minds, and that produces bad looking basketball. Yeah. And it was plenty you know? bad there. Yeah. I mean, you look at yeah. the, I mean, just looking briefly going over the stats. I mean, obviously it was an 18 point deficit at halftime. Uh, Michigan State shot 38% from the field uh, and 33% from three. Notre Dame shot 50% from the field and uh, 43% from three, I think. And interestingly, oh, no, no, they were they were eight for 13 at the half from three. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. I was just I was just mentioning for the game. Yeah, they're 42 oh, for the game. I'm 42% sorry. for the okay. game. Yeah. And then for rebounds, they out rebounded Michigan State 30 to 29, which is not that surprising since Michigan State missed so many shots. But you know, Michigan State had three offensive rebounds. Uh, how many did Notre Dame have? They had four. So, right. Yeah. So that's not a huge number, right? But for Notre Dame to win an offensive rebounding battle against Michigan state, check on another indication yep. of right. tired, tired legs and other body parts. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it, as far as the offense looks, they looked a lot like they did against Alabama and their results are show the same eight assists on 21 baskets. Yeah. And so, you know, Notre Dame had 13 assists on 27 bu- buckets. They just couldn't, they just couldn't run any stuff. And I mean, give Notre Dame a little bit of credit, but honestly, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't feel like we have a problem of tipping the cap to other teams I, when, when they play well. I'm, I'm usually very ready to do that. Tonight, eh, yeah. that team, I'll give Alabama credit for that game because Alabama actually can play some defense. They have athletes. Um, and it was Michigan State's first game without Hall and Akins, but nevertheless, you – you know, you could you could give them a here. I'm just not inclined to give Notre Dame a whole hell of a lot of credit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's for fair. that. For yeah, that. No, for the defensive end. Sure. And I guess the only thing I would say is, you know, there was that little brief moment in the second half. Michigan State got it down to 15, and they had I what? 14. I think like, yeah, they had like three got straight it stops. 14. Three straight stops. Yeah. And unable to score, and that was sort of just the right. you know they just didn't have anything and. Uh, you right. know, I think overall, I thought Hauser looked pretty good when he played. I thought Hogard looked, eh, okay. He again, I think don't think he came out strong to start the game, but he played better later, which seems to be sort of par for the course for him. And and the inversion, you can talk about that too. Yeah, I thought I thought, eh, you know, Joey Joey competed. He didn't play great, and again, <laughs> keep saying it. He didn't look like a guy. I mean, he, he played hard, but there's a difference between having, yeah. having the will to do it and having the physical capability to have playing hard, playing hard, translate to doing things you normally do. And he didn't have that. I don't know what he, what did he end up with scoring wise? 12 points. Yeah. So he was okay, but you know, J- Joey Hauser, we know is capable of playing much better than that. Oh, yeah. um, I actually, and, and I'm sure AJ had some mistakes and I don't know what he ended up with from the floor, but I thought AJ Hogarth was the one guy that 
you could say you were reasonably happy with because he competed. Mm-hmm. I liked his compete level a little more than I have certainly than I did in Portland. Um, and the one thing which you just alluded to that I, I think the only good thing that came out of this <laughs> other than nobody else getting hurt was <laughs> um, Michigan state early in the second half went on several possessions in a row with an inverted post game where they had AJ posting up uh, and they were successful with it. He scored two possessions in a row. I think he might've missed on the third, but um, that is something that I've, I've been talking about for God, at least 15 years um, that I wish Michigan state would do more of. And I always refer to this. It's my evergreen <laughs> comment in this <laughs> on this subject i thought for as great a career as he had it in my opinion at least which doesn't count for anything but uh, i thought it was a little bit of a missed opportunity that they didn't do that more with denzel valentine yeah because i thought denzel valentine had so much size for the position he was playing that he was almost always going to have a physical advantage over the guy guarding him and I just thought that was over his career. That was something Michigan State didn't do enough. Well, A.J. Hogard um, has similar size. He's not quite as big as Denzel, but he's close. But you can see he's actually got a post game. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a disaster down there. He knows what he's doing. And that's a card I would really like to see Michigan State play frequently. And I don't mean like eight, nine touches a game, but I mean every game they run it a couple times, especially maybe in situations where you feel like you just need a bucket. If you can get the right matchup there, you get AJ posted without, especially without a good rim protector in there to come over help side. That's, that's gold. And I think Michigan state can do it effectively, especially when Hall's back, because you have two options in Joey Hauser and Malik Hall that you can run that inverted post game with with, where they're the guy making the post feed. And if the guy guarding them wants to come down and try to help on Hogard, well, then you've got a shooter spotting up on an easy angle, what should be an easy angle for AJ. So I would like to see more of that. I thought that was good. Uh, It was a nice adjustment by Michigan State to go to it. And I'd like to see more of it. We, We see hints of it, but usually when we see it with AJ, this season at least it's he kind of dribbles himself into that spot this wasn't that these were actual plays where he was posted up and was the recipient of an entry pass so i'd like to see more of that yeah yeah his final numbers he played 33 minutes he was five of 13 from the field one of four from three and and a lot of those threes were just you know someone's got to shoot the ball there were not many right. scores of the four yeah. uh four, yeah. four from the line he again shows that he's really been good really good for yeah. the line Three assists, three turnovers, a couple blocks, um, and about three rebounds. So, uh, played out. Played I thought he okay. was the only guy that kind of checked okay. Yeah, I think you so. Know, I mean, they had a lot of guys who didn't. I mean, Tyson Walker was not up to his usual level. Yeah. Pierre Brooks had a nightmare <laughs> was, of a night. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mahdi was not great. Um, you know, gone. Hauser, basically. They didn't have anybody who really guarded well, but AJ was probably the best of the bunch. So he's he's the one guy that I thought I'd kind of give, you know, some kudos to. Um, 
because he he found a reservoir of energy which nobody else seemed to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You you definitely saw Izzo about ten minutes in that first half, flailing, just trying to find anyone who could do something on the floor, and just there were no answers anywhere on the bench for Michigan. Yeah, State. you just uh, and 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 that's just how it's going to be until they've got a full complement of players. You know when when Pierre Brooks and Jade Nakins are your sixth and seventh man, okay. Then you've got a couple guys that you could say, hey, we can turn to somebody if it's not happening with the starting lineup and they can come in and actually really do something. Right now, yeah, you're going with two freshman bigs and, um, you know, uh, uh, Jason Whitens who competes and can do some things. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the rotation somewhere, but let's be honest, he's he's certainly not going to be able to give you offensive burst. We know that. And then Trey Holloman, who, again, I think has a world of potential and I think can help you in a certain role. But if he's one of your top guys off the bench and you're asking him to try to score, I, I don't know that that's going to be very successful, at least not yet. So they just they need to get all the dominoes back in order, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll be back back at it this uh, in a couple of days as Michigan State. Prepares you don't want to so- review the keys, the keys to the game. <laughs> I, I don't even do. I haven't have. We can move see. through them real uh, quick. Yeah, uh, guarding the arc uh, that didn't go well. Cormac Disaster. Ryan. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, athleticism. Just no, no energy and and what we talked about. I want to give myself or give us <laughs> credit for at least getting that part right. That we did kind of have a little bit of a premonition that the what did Wurtz shoot from three? Uh, Wurtz. Uh, let me get that. Uh, the one good thing is Starling was zero for seven from the from three, so that was one. Th- Boy, uh, and see uh, that that Wurtz was how- uh, Wurtz was two for four, so he shot. Yeah, okay, 50%. so he and Ryan combined, who were the guys who were struggling, were if my math eight is for correct, 11. eight for eleven. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I know we talked about it. Said these guys are going to bust out at some point. You just hope it isn't the night you're playing them. Well, Guess that's what? what Michigan State got. I'm surprised <laughs> by the Starling number because. My thought about him, and it goes to show you when, especially a game like this where you you lose a little bit of focus because it's so awful. Yeah. Um, I thought Starling looked every bit the part of a, a one and done. What did he end up with scoring wise? He had to have had it. So he had played 32 minutes, six of 14 from the field, over seven from the three, two for three from the line, four rebounds, one of those offensive couple assists, couple blocks of steel and 14 points. Yeah. I thought, I thought he showed a lot. Yeah. That block, that weak side help block. He had a Tyson Walker was, um, was a hell of a play showing, showing off his athleticism and his timing. Um, and I liked the, I liked the way he went to the rim. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. And I knew that I, I saw him a few times last year playing alongside Jeremy fears. So it wasn't a complete surprise, but, um, yeah, I thought he was really good, but yeah, eight for 11 from guys who had both been struggling. That's, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, some days <laughs> and, and Michigan state just wasn't in shape to contest that. Cause yeah. a lot of those shots were wide open. Yeah. All right. Next number two's key was athleticism. You know, it didn't really make a difference that's, that, that again, he was neutralized by fatigue. Yeah. And that's, that's where I will, I will ding us because we should have seen that coming and it was in retrospect it was very obvious with the travel schedule not just the late arrival on monday morning but you're you're also coming back across the country 
So you have the time zone difference. And again, these are just facts. You want to label them excuses. Okay. But they're facts. And, and you basically had, I don't know, one, maybe 24 hours in East Lansing, give or take, maybe slightly more, let's call it 30 or so before they had to get to South Bend. So, you know, not much, certainly not much time to prepare for Notre Dame. Nope. Not much time to get yourself back physically and not much time to readjust from all the travels. So the, the athleticism advantage didn't show up at all. Right. And I would just say the time zone change from West to East is really tough. Three hours. And I so agree. That's, you know, it's worse than the, the other way. Go the other yeah. way. Uh, so number three, I'm, you know, try both of these. So turnovers, we said they were pretty even. I think we should yeah. have some early turnovers that just kind of ice the game a little bit. They got a couple to go back, go the other way later, but. But that's, a, but that's the thing though. We, we talked about it. We said, you know, the way Notre Dame defensive rebounds, there probably won't be a big advantage there either way. And there wasn't, yeah. I mean, it was four, three Notre Dame on the offensive boards. So not a big difference there. The thing we said, Michigan state couldn't afford to do is allow there to be a big advantage in the turnover area. And there wasn't. So that's not where this happened. Get old, stay old. I guess that just showed the senior leadership. And I think, you know, Notre Dame did that. They saw they saw a team that was wounded and they t- they yep. just finished them off. And I think that was, you know, to their credit, they they did what they had to do against a Michigan State team when they had the opportunity. Yeah, I thought they played. Um, they looked like a veteran team playing a very smart game, yep. yeah. you know, and they probably really needed it because, again, they had been very poor to start the season. Yeah. And the f- fifth key to the game late game situations. We'll, Probably, we'll, put yeah, the, yeah. We'll, we'll mark that out as NA, not applicable. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> capital N slash capital A. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so again, Michigan State will be heading into Big Ten play on Sunday against Northwestern uh, and then back at the Breslin Center. So hopefully they can kind of get themselves right. And we hope to see Jade Akins at least play, yeah. come off the bench probably. I, I, this is where, you know, look, if, if you had to, if you had to pick, and, and it doesn't work that way, but if somehow Michigan State had really given it everything, they somehow found a reservoir of energy and battled through this one, but then laid a stink bomb because they were truly exhausted on Sunday, well, I, I wouldn't take that trade. So yeah. what you hope is it's short travel time. They'll be home tonight, you know, and then you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday to get ready for Northwestern who had looked pretty good and then (laughs) laid an even worse stink bomb than Michigan state did in this event by getting just run out of their own gym by a pit team that I thought was the worst major conference team in America. Maybe not. (laughs) I don't know if Northwestern is either, but um, it was hideous. Uh, So I don't know what Northwest we'll we'll talk about it. Obviously, but, um, I think, uh, you know, don't worry about this. To me, this is one you just, you know, the old cliche, burn the tape. I, I don't know that there's anything to learn from this. Yeah, I think except to you. I felt like there was a lot more to learn from the wins against Oregon and Portland than there was this loss. Because this, to me, was really easy to identify. And Izzo's not going to treat it that way, for the record. He's going to kick their tails. But my view... whatever it's whatever (laughs) 
teaching opportunities perhaps for the coaching staff. They'll have stuff to talk yeah. about and you know try and take away some good points they saw. Um, and then, again, try and just forget it and just move on to the Big Ten yep. season, which we hope to kind of start making a run. I think Michigan State is still going to be very competitive for the Big Ten. I thought it was going to be a little bit easier path than what it looks like now because there's some really good teams yep. that look like uh, that. I very was not, much so. That I just wasn't sure about it. And it certainly looks like a lot of them are pretty good. It's uh, a deeper league, no question. Yeah, I think so. There's there's a little, little doubt about that. Uh, so we'll be back uh, to talk about that game. And I suppose if you have a chance, go to our website at the final four is not in the schedule.com or TFFINOTS.com. There you can sign up to be part of our Spartan community, either on our forums or you can just get on our email list where we have special offers. Uh, we have something coming, going on and brewing pretty soon. Also, since Sunday is the first Big Ten game, you now have just a few days left to get into our t shirt challenge. The t shirt design has been finalized and we'll get that out to everyone in a little bit. Um, and so then you can, if you predict the order of the big 10 from one to 14 for the end of the season, you can, you'll be eligible to win a t-shirt and just make sure you leave your name, obviously with the email, you can send it to me at Eric at TFFINOTS.com and make sure you put down how many points you think Michigan state will score against uh, Hunter Dickinson and the Michigan Wolverines this season. And I guess with that, I probably just call quits for this, this episode. (laughs) So without... Without further ado, uh, until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.